Welcome to the Nihongo Shark Podcast. I'm Nico, your host, and I'm here with Caleb, my co-host. And this is our first episode of the Nihongo Shark Podcast, so we thought it would be a good idea to interview each other so you have somewhat of an idea of the people behind these voices you hear in our podcast episodes and lessons. So we'll start by letting Caleb ask me a few questions. Yeah, so... Um, again, welcome. Welcome to the, the Neo Shark podcast, uh, Sharkcast as it is. And uh, yeah, so we'll just get right into it. Um, well, Nico, who are you? <laughs> <It'll start there. laughs> who pretty, pretty broad, but <laughs> we'll go with that. Who is, who is Nico? Wow. You know? Um, yeah, well, I'm from Southern California, uh, half American, half New Zealand citizen. And I started studying Japanese maybe. Wow, almost 10 years ago. But the, 10 years. Yeah, yeah, it was like it's, it's been like wow. nine, nine and a half years, but that's, that's <laughs> I don't think I even knew that. Yeah, that makes me sound really incredible except for the fact that there's like probably a four per, four year period in there that I didn't study at all. So <laughs> not not 10 years. It was like one and a half years and then no studying for several years and then studying a bit and quitting and it was a whole mess but eventually mm. uh, eventually I stuck it out and then um yeah I'm, I'd like to say I'm pretty good at Japanese now I'm pretty confident in my ability and uh yeah I started Nihongo Shark which is a website to help people learn Japanese and now I work as uh well I work on the site and then I work as a translator and writer for uh an editing company in Tokyo Wow. So, man, you do a lot of stuff, huh? Yeah, I'm pretty busy. <laughs> and it's all um, it's all Japanese centered now, isn't it? For the yeah, basically Japanese. Yeah, all of it is, is, isn't it? I I cannot escape from studying Japanese anymore. It's, <laughs> I get yeah, I get <laughs> I get gigantic emails in Japanese from my editor every single morning, and then you know I teach lessons and stuff on Nihongo Shark. So I guess on the one hand, you kind of get paid to study nowadays, huh? Yeah, living the dream. <laughs> when you started studying 10 years ago, like, was that your goal? Did you want to? Were you thinking to yourself, I'm, I want to, well, maybe not 10 years ago, but within that, you know, over the past eight to 10 years or whatever, did you just think to yourself, yes, I, I'm doing this because I want to get a job and I want my life to be around Japanese? Or did you just think, huh, this sounds cool. I want to try it. Like, what was, what was the motivation? Uh. What were you thinking? Yeah, I've never been that organized. So it was it was more like I had an open elective in college and I could take anything I wanted. And I saw Japanese. I had to take some class. So I, I saw Japanese in the course catalog. And, you know, I've I always wanted to learn Japanese. I just didn't think it was possible mm -hmm. because that's what everyone told me ever since I was a little kid is Japanese is impossible. And I just believed it. So, right. but now I had no reason not to really. And I, I'm sure I was sure I could at least pass the class because I mean, I'm not a total idiot. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, I just enrolled to see what it was like. And I fell in love with the language. And then I started to play with ideas like, oh, maybe I'll be a translator someday, or mm -hmm. um, maybe I can do something professionally with this. But I didn't really believe I could do that ever until I was doing it, really. Yeah, well, I mean, that's kind of cool, though, you know, 
because I think I think sometimes people will get these things in their head that they're like, well, if I'm going to start something, I've got to have the whole thing figured out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, um, and I mean, planning a career based on your Japanese ability, I think, is difficult because, mm-hmm. I mean, if you pass, let's say, a JLPT N1, which is a Japanese language proficiency test, the highest level, um, you're technically qualified for like entry level translator positions at companies, but um, it's not it's not the greatest job, I think. <laughs> I like, see. It's it's pretty competitive to at, when you're not specialized in something, and I think the best jobs are going to be something that they don't post on a job board. So, for example, I have a job where I do lots of translating, I do lots of writing, but. I just randomly met the editor I work with because he happened to be a student at the school I was teaching in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, you're, you're pretty good at Japanese and you're really good at writing. So let's work together. And then we've been working together for, I don't know, four years now. So it's not, I didn't, there's, it would have been impossible for me to plan that when I didn't know any right. Japanese because I didn't even know this job existed. Right. I guess that's the sort of job you can't really like, you know, go to like a school counselor in college or whatever they call them and say, hey, I want a job where I'm doing this. Right. Because it doesn't really exist. Yeah, because, you know, I work online. And since I started that job, I've lived in like, I don't know, five countries, I think four or five. And yeah, I don't think (laughs) I don't know how you find jobs like that. It's just it was this. you know, it came down to a mix of luck and the fact that I had been building these skills over the course of several years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so with that, you know, sort of sort of in mind then, um, what is Nihongo Shark and why did you start that? Ah, <laughs> I started Nihongo Shark uh, maybe in 2000, I think 2012. And... It was basically just because I learned how to make websites. And Hmm. (laughs) I I thought, like, at the time, I was seeing really good progress in my studies. And I thought I had something valuable to teach people about how to learn Japanese. And then I learned how to build a website. And I thought, well, maybe I should build a website about how to learn Japanese. And I did that. And then I wrote, like, a good number of articles in the beginning. and then. I've had basically imposter syndrome because I wasn't I, w- I wasn't that good at Japanese uh, at that time. It was 2012. Also, oh, was like six years ago. Yeah, I was like under uh, N2 level, so mm-hmm. I couldn't write lessons. I could talk about study tactics and whatnot, but because I felt like I'm an imposter, <laughs> I, I, well, I wasn't because I, I was being honest on the website, but I yeah. did. There were things I wanted to teach that I knew that I couldn't teach them 100% accurately, and so I didn't take the site very seriously. And I rarely updated it after I moved to Japan in 2013. And then in September of 2014, Ray, uh, at the time my girlfriend, now my wife, and I left Tokyo to go live in Bangkok and I had this great plan to just teach English online while we're in Bangkok Mm -hmm. and then it turned out that 
my internet connection in my apartment was pretty terrible and there were power outages all the time. So oh, no. uh, teaching lessons online turned out to be a pretty, pretty much a total disaster. And I had no money. So, and I had these two websites that I was working on. The other one was Ego Boost, which is like a site to learn English written in Japanese. Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh, I'll just work on my websites again. And this time I have a native speaker living with me. And I was much, much better at Japanese. So I started working full time on my websites. And then by that time, I was sort of starting to do the translating and editing work. I mean, writing work. So, but it wasn't enough to live off of. And then, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I pretty much worked like a crazy person for the next six months until I released the very, now very outdated first version of the Hacking <laughs> Japanese Super Course. And uh, yeah, I just haven't looked back. I mean, the site's gotten a lot better in the last almost four years now. Yeah, three and a half yeah. years. So it was around that 2014 or so when you started taking it a lot more seriously. Yeah, the end of 2014, especially around like the end of 2014, beginning of 2015, I really dove into making this a site that I wanted it to be one of the, if not the best sites online to go if you want to learn Japanese, but you don't know what to do is what I was doing at the time. Uh, now now we're kind of expanded into where it's more like uh, you don't know Japanese and you want to learn it because we, we now have so many lessons and resources. But at the time, it, I was mostly focused on what should you do if you want to learn Japanese because I was really, really tired of these, I think, unethical sales pitches from companies that say things like, mm. um, you know, the easiest way to learn Japanese fast and like, mm-hmm. and it's, it's magic <laughs> and it's not magic. I mean, <laughs> even if you have a very, you know, airtight study system and you are studying consistently, it still takes dedication and hard work and there's right. not a magic pill. You know, if there was, we would all be rich and fit and speak 10 languages right and yeah. play all the instruments we've ever dreamed of and yeah and so i just i didn't like the approach i saw on other sites and i th- at the same time i think that um giving people false expectations like this is going to be easy and i think it's simple to learn japanese it's not a complicated process but it's it's not easy it's, it takes hard work and so i thought that you know, giving people false expectations is causing them to not learn Japanese because when you try and then you fail, it feels pretty terrible. And I personally did not believe I could learn Japanese after starting to tr- to learn it for a solid four or five years. And mm-hmm. it it's it's really hard to keep going when you feel like I'm wasting my time. This is stupid of me to even try. And yeah, so, so there you so go. What you, so what you wanted to do basically is you wanted to create a place that would tell people, hey, uh, you can do this. It's not impossible. And here's all the best resources to do it. Essentially, that was the original goal with it. Like, I want to get the information out there and let people know 
that it's possible to learn Japanese. All you have to do is like put in this hard work and put in the time and follow a like a, a proven method in a way. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's I it's it's not magic; it's science. You know. Hmm. But but now, four years later or so, mm-hmm. um, we're starting to transition more into we want to teach people Japanese, right? That's, yeah. That's kind that's, of the new vision, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, we've been transitioning to that for a solid two years now because mm-hmm. kind of since kind of since I started working with you, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, or maybe since uh, the daily lessons started. Yeah, so. yeah, around two. That was uh, late 2015, maybe. I think that was that was December 2015. I think. Yeah, was the I first think so. One, maybe November and. Yeah. I started that on a whim. I thought hey, it'd be, <laughs> it would be so cool if people yeah. could get Japanese lessons in their email inbox every day. And so I emailed our newsletter subscribers and said, hey, do you guys want daily lessons? And then, you know, like 100 people or something said, yeah. And then I just started writing them. And I thought maybe I would last a month or maybe two months. And Instead, I th- um, yesterday or today, I think we sent lesson number 741 or something yeah, like that. That still gets to me. Like, that's, <laughs> that's crazy, you know? Like, I can't believe. I mean, I can because of the yeah. things that you've done. But at the same time, that's just, that's an absurd number of, of lessons to have just sent out, you know, from just yeah. like one person. And I mean, you and Ray together, like the two of you together have like, yeah, I mean, we did have some guest writers for some lessons, but yeah, right. we've pro- we've probably written about ninety five percent of them, right. and that's that's incredible. Yeah, it's a lot of work because, um, for example, now we have lots of JLPT lessons that we do. Uh, we finished JLPT N five lessons. We're going to finish the N four ones in the next couple months, a uh, few next few months. And mm-hmm. so, for example, we have. A list of grammar points we need to cover in JLPTN for, and then Ray studies that grammar and then writes uh, a number of Japanese sentences that use that grammar in the in basically every way you'll possibly see it in the test. And then I translate those and write a lesson about the sentences teaching them. And then she checks my translations and my lesson, and basically we have to have a discussion about if my explanations are accurate, if we're teaching this correctly if there are exceptions to rules if it's everything and so going back and forth on that every single day for years and years <laughs> is mm-hmm. is yeah it's mm-hmm. a lot of work but um we we learn a ton and uh people that get the lessons learn a ton and now we have them all you know saved in our lesson database so Right. I really think if you if you yeah. just start at number one, and I mean we're actually rearranging them so that you can study them from easy to difficult levels. But even if you didn't, if you just studied from number one, because we have a word by word breakdown for every sentence. So even if you don't know, if you're at a lower level than the grammar, for example, that's being taught, and it seems too difficult, you could still see every word translated in every sentence. So you anyone can learn from any lesson. So if you actually read from lesson number one to, say, 741, I think you'll be pretty good at Japanese. But uh, you, you would probably need to still get practice uh, speaking or writing just because, you know, that's, co- that's going to increase your comprehension, but not necessarily your productive ability the language. Right, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, even in, you know, since I've been 
reading's lessons as well because like when I started working with you my Japanese was I mean sub intermediate for sure yeah um but you know throughout this time you know especially reading these the lessons uh, myself it's like I mean I've learned so much <laughs> you know yeah so, do, do you think you've read all of them um I would say that I've read like 99% of them. Yeah. I, 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 there was yeah, a, pretty, there was a little good. bit of a period where, um, before we started going to the JLPT sort of setup, um, or, or then with the casual ones on the weekends and whatnot, um, uh, before that, some of those, like the first 100 to 301. Yeah. I, I think there's probably some in there that I didn't read. Okay. Um, maybe like 25 or so. <laughs> uh, However. Yeah. However, I have gone through the Anki deck and listened to them. So oh, okay. Oh, so that counts. Yeah. yeah. So the, whatever, like the four thousand some cards that there are in there. So yeah, I think the first three hundred lessons had something like four thousand one hundred twenty-seven sentences. Yeah. That, that we put into the Anki deck and the audio the, loops and stuff. The yeah. loops. Yep. So I have listened to the loops, and I have also gone through the Anki deck and have you know committed those to onky storage memory <laughs> yeah i love audio loops For yeah sure. that's actually that's actually a good transition so uh i used a lot of podcasts and audio lessons when i was studying japanese mm -hmm. and but like right now for example i'm studying korean uh well <laughs> i say i'm studying but you say you're studying yeah korean, i'm right? actually i'm actually working and then on the rare occasion that i have a minute of time I sometimes study Korean because I really want to learn it and mm -hmm. uh so I don't listen to audio lessons in Korean and I don't listen to podcasts I do listen to uh repeated loops of Korean sentences that I want to learn and that alone has helped a lot so because of that that's why we have been making the audio loops based on the sentences in our various courses right mm-hmm but uh, sometimes it can get a bit tedious to just listen to Japanese sentences repeated over and over again. I think it's the best way to improve your pronunciation and your listening comprehension. But it's nice to switch up the style a bit, which is why we have this podcast. Mm -hmm. Yes, the, the other question, right? The why, why are we making this podcast? Yeah, and yeah, well, we're speaking a lot of English now, but... Typically, we're going to be focusing on specific Japanese language points because I'm not a big fan of supposed audio lessons and language podcasts where people just chat a bunch. So I sound hypocritical because I'm just talking in English right now. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, but if you hear like our second episode, for example, or the whatever the first one that we do with uh, Ken Tensei, yeah, like, like we're we're talking about some very interesting Japanese topics the whole time. Definitely. At the same time, I don't want the podcast to ever sound like, I don't want it to be boring because it would defeat the purpose of not making it different than audio loops. So I don't want it to sound like, now let's move to the vocabulary section. Right, right. Uh, so, so we're not quite <laughs> looking for something totally structured, you know, in a complete like, this is the section where you learn the vocabulary. This is the section where you learn the thing. Now let's move on to this. It's more like, let's dissect um some interesting point about learning japanese or some sentence or like we did it was um you know uh family relations and how does that work you know yeah. and, and how to how to what what are you supposed to call your family members <laughs> exactly because yeah. that, that's that's important for sure yeah it's it's also very complicated mm -hmm. 
I mean, compared to English. Right. Right. So, yeah. And I mean, the main reason for that is just that I've noticed in my case personally, I don't pay attention when I listen to lessons that are divided into sections like that. And there is like a skeleton format to every single lesson that's the same right. because I stop listening every time. For sure. And if you stop listening, you can get lost in a lesson like that. I also stop listening a lot of times when I listen to audio loops. But even if you do that, you can come back anytime because it's just repeating sentences. Uh-huh. But if you get lost in a lesson or something, you come back and you think, what are these people talking about? <laughs> yeah. Definitely. I, I think for me as well, like the kind of podcasts I like to listen to are usually the ones where it's a nice mix of both information and also just kind of a good conversation among you know, people. That's usually the reason that I like to listen to podcasts. And I don't know, I think I've learned a lot from those sorts of podcasts, you know? Yeah. Also, I, I think I hang out with podcast hosts more than I do with human beings. <laughs> right. That, that's kind of what I, was, what I was, was getting at. It's like, it's almost like you're hanging out with, with, um, with the people, which is really, yeah. really fun and enjoyable. So, well, I mean, I, I work at home in front of a computer all day. So I mean, <laughs> yeah, me Ray, Ray, Ray is here working with me, so I'm not alone, but and then I try to like at least go for a walk every day for an hour or two. And I listen to, you know, audio loops or podcasts. And yeah, that's it's like the bulk of my social life at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. So I, I think then we could say that largely the type of podcast that we're trying to create is the type of podcast that, that we would enjoy. Right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, if we don't enjoy it, what's the point? For sure. All right. Oh, so, uh, sorry. Uh, uh, so, yeah. So who, who are you, Caleb? What's your deal? Um, well, let's see. I, um, see, I was born in the, um, over, over here on the Pacific Northwest where, where we live currently, both are living now you're in Portland and I'm in Seattle. I was actually born in the Seattle area. Um, and um, living out here, I was exposed to a lot of, um, I don't know how to say it, like Asian culture, I guess. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's just like a larger, a larger um, like group of, of, of like Asian community out here than there is in other places in the United States, right? Is that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen it there. For okay. sure. So like when I was younger and I was um, interacting with, you know, like the people around me and stuff like that. I started to get really interested in, in Asian culture and whatnot. But after that, uh, we, my family and I, we ended up moving to um, a different state and it kind of died out. And I was like, ah, oh, that's kind of a bummer. But, you know, that was just yeah. a part of my life. And then I moved yeah. on and then I ended up in um, college completely on the other side of the country in um, North Dakota. And yeah. um, very exciting. Oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> I mean, it's a good school that I went to, um, good university. I met some some cool people. It's actually where I met my wife, Chie. Um, nice. And actually, like, believe it or not, I met more Japanese people there than I had met anywhere else, even though... Yeah, you told me that. Yeah, it was really surprising. So even though when I lived in um, the Seattle area, like, my next door um, neighbor was... Um, her mother was Korean, and so I just, like, I kind of grew up, like, you know, eating with chopsticks and things like that at their house. So, like, I was exposed to it. Um, but... It wasn't nearly as much as like what I ran into when I was in college. Like I ended up living in this apartment complex that had like 35 Japanese exchange students in it. Nice. Um, they were part of a university called uh, Tokai. Tokai Gaikoku. Okay. Um, 
it with the the reason they were there um because you might be wondering why there's so many you know japanese students in north dakota yeah. grand forks north dakota nonetheless which is a very mm, unexciting town to say the least um oh, how rude of you to say. <laughs> but uh yeah so they were all there for the aviation program actually so all these people that i was read into were relatively interesting people because they were all you know training to be pilots and yeah was, and she she is a pilot right your wife that's so. correct yes yeah, so I met her um, through my roommate, actually, who ended up, um, he was also a pilot. I ended up um, having a roommate that was a, a Japanese um, person. And uh, yeah, he introduced me actually to, to Chie. That's how that worked out. One time yeah. he, he came um, he came over with some friends and Chie was one of them. And he like walked over into the other room and I just walked out of my bedroom and I see this person. I'm like, hey, yeah. what are you doing in my house? Yeah, let's get, <laughs> and then that's... <laughs> Let's get, let's get married. Yeah, let's get married. <laughs> yeah maybe not quite that. Uh, um, almost. Maybe not quite. But I actually, it's kind of funny because the day that I like decided to learn, I mean, there's a lot of things that happened, but I decided to learn Japanese because I really enjoy language. Like that's what motivates me to study. Or originally motivated me to study was I just love languages and I wanted to learn languages. And I had always been interested in, in Asian culture and more specifically Japanese culture. Um, and so I was like, I really want to do this. And so I'd been, you know, looking up a bunch of different stuff. And then I decided, hey, this is the day that I'm going to start. I'll learn Japanese. And uh, like I, you know, wrote it down or whatever. And that's the day actually that I met Chie, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, it's so, all fate. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. and then from there, it just kind of like, uh, I mean, kind of like what happened to you. It sort of just become yeah. my life. Like I did never planned it. You know, I went to school for um, computer science. Um, I got to... Uh, let's see, my junior year, end of my junior year, and I was working on like my senior capstone when I decided that I was done <laughs> with college. Uh, yeah. Because I just, uh, it's not really for me, I think. It wasn't really my thing. And the department wasn't really that great, to put it in nice words. Yeah. And Chie actually already graduated because at that point we'd, we'd gotten married. It had been about two years. Yeah. Um, and uh yeah she graduated and uh, i was like you know what let's just let's go for it i'm gonna jump into this uh japanese thing all the way and that's when you were like hey want to work together so we did yeah yeah <laughs> and i think that it, the cool thing that many people may have not may not be aware of is that you started out as a student of nihongo shark yeah yes i did yeah yeah because um so stepping back a little bit when i started learning Japanese that day that I was like, yeah, this is the day that I'm going to Japanese and all that. I had like been doing a lot of research for like maybe six or seven months beforehand about like best methods of how to learn a language before I completely selected the language. Although I kind of knew it was going to be Japanese. Yeah. But I had been, you know, trying to figure out a bunch of different things. I read stuff on like memory houses. I think Joshua Foyer or something like that, his book. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. know how to pronounce his name. I don't know how to say his name either. I'm sorry. But yeah, that one, that was, um, that book was really inspiring to me. I'm like, wow, maybe I can actually, you know, remember stuff better. So yeah, I kind of like what you were saying where you were like, Hey, I'm learning things and I want to share it with the world. Right. Yeah. Yeah, of course. It's uh little known, but I actually did like, I wrote like a, man, I don't even know a couple thousand word document on like what, I, what I thought would work yeah, yeah. to learn Japanese, right? Everything that I had found on the internet, because just, just like you, yeah, I wasn't really happy with the stuff that I had found. Yeah. But I came up with this really like in-depth plan and I was like, hmm, I can't really 
publish this because I don't have I haven't done it. I don't know if it's going to work or not. Like I just would that be that'd be completely an imposter. Like no way. Yeah. Out of imposter syndrome that would be an imposter. So yeah, I, I didn't. I just kept it to myself. But um, I was trying to figure out exactly how I wanted to learn kanji. I wasn't entirely sure. And that's when I found your site, right? I was, I think I Googled something around like how to learn the kanji or something like that. Yeah, we, we show up for that. Yeah, so I think it was uh, maybe like the third or fourth result and I went to your website and then I found your book. Yeah, yeah. And then I started reading it because I, I purchased it right, right away because I was like, hmm, this guy's got interesting articles. I like what he's saying here. Uh, and I started reading your book and then I was just like, oh, damn, ah. I just gave up entirely on my document because it was perfect. Like it was exactly what I was trying to say, like completely. And you said that it worked, which kind of made me feel good because I was like, hey, I came with something that actually seems to work. Yeah, I remember you actually maybe you messaged me on Twitter or something or email saying that you had been planning to you know, make like a site about learning a language like Japanese, but yep. you're giving up because I had I had said essentially what you had planned to say, but it was a little more thorough. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, not to say that, you know, there obviously can't be more than one guide out there in the world, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, we, we mentioned throughout ours that it's not a one size fits all solution. Exactly. Um, but in my case, it was just that for me, anyway, yours hit like so perfectly with like what I wanted to say and how I wanted to say it that I was like, there's no point. Instead, people should just read this. This is, this is very good. So yeah. it was kind of, from my kind of fun. From, from my perspective now, I've, cause that was one of the first, I was probably the second version that you got of the course. Cause I changed, probably. I changed it like a couple months after I first released it. And I think you got it about six months after, uh, but I look back on that now and I think, oh, there's so many things that I'm glad that I've changed and that I'm excited are being changed in the uh, the next gigantic update at the end of this month. In the 3.0, right? Or whatever we want to call yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. The, sure. I don't know, third level evolution of the course. Yeah. So, yeah, all that considered, you know, and my journey with studying and being interested in the language and stuff like that and where you are is kind of like led us to this point i think where it's like japanese hack japanese super course 3.0 or whatever is really exciting yeah yeah i'm, I'm very excited for it I, definitely i That's, really want to find it for korean <laughs> <laughs> hmm. yeah, I, I mean i mean I, I like i know exactly how to learn korean i mean i have a system in my mind it's just Finding the types of materials that I think are useful to study is not easy. I mean, the type of things that we have, mm -hmm. you know, I, I want to be able to like lie in bed, like and look at a tablet reading 700 lessons about the language. <laughs> yeah. um, I want to get audio loops that I don't have to make because right now I'm getting, it's really difficult for me to get a native quality sentence in Korean and then to... I have to hire like a voice actor to record it. And then I have to edit the files and things. Um, it's yeah. I would really love it if someone had Korean shark already. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe sometime. Yeah. Maybe we'll do it someday in the future. Maybe we'll do it, but that that's for another, another time. Yeah. All right. Well, I think uh, we covered all the bases and yeah, we hope that you enjoy this podcast and we will work very hard to teach you a ton of Japanese. Yeah, and hopefully 
you guys know us a little bit better, even though we know kind of just rambled for 30 minutes, but you know, that's kind of who we are. So yeah. And that's it. So thank you very much. We'll see you around.